Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, please give us spiritual wisdom and insight and flood our hearts with light. Help us to understand the incredible greatness of your Holy Spirit, power for us who believe you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Help us to comprehend that his power is living and breathing in us and help us activate this power for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Real excited today to have a, a friend on the show, uh, Miss Dawn Prejean. Dawn and I met about a year ago, but uh, welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you for having me. All right. Just excited to have you here today. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a wife of 19 years to Phil Prejean of Youngsville. Um, a mother of four children, Joshua, Katie, Ashley, and Johnny, and a grandmother to Emmalou and Joseph Abraham. Nice. You're from Lafayette? I'm from Eunice originally. Okay. Went to school in Eunice High School? Went to, graduated from Eunice High School. All right. Now, Dawn's got a deep faith, and um, we met on a trip uh, in, in, believe it of all places, in Napa Valley, California, and we ended up attending the same Mass on a Sunday morning, and uh, just beautiful soul. My wife and I ran into Dawn in Mass, and, and just ever since we, we met Dawn, we fell in love with her, and she's got a real love for the Lord, and uh, I think a deep devotion to the Blessed Mother and to, to the Rosary, much like myself. But Dawn, where does that faith come from? Share with our listeners a little bit of your background with your faith life. Well, I was born and raised in Eunice. Um, my father was a Catholic and my mother was a Baptist. So I came from a divided home. Um, mm -hmm. I attended Mass sometimes with my father in the Catholic Church and sometimes with my mother in the Baptist Church. But once I got older, I married and then became fully Catholic at St. Anne's Catholic Church in 1997. Okay. Give us a little bit of your memories of the difference between the Baptist and Catholic Church when you were a kid. Well, the Catholic, um, we did a lot of rosaries. Um, we did a lot of novenas. We prayed to the Blessed Mary a lot. During my Baptist time, I did a lot of Bible studies. I was active at the First Baptist Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. And then later, when I moved to Youngsville and, and married Phil's, I was going to the Baptist at first. And then God called me and said, let's try to go back to your Catholic <laughs> faith. And uh, I walked into St. Anne's Catholic Church. And I've never left it since 1997. Beautiful. So the rap on the Catholics is they really don't know their Bible so much, uh, probably not as much as the Baptists. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> so with your with your Baptist background, you know, you probably know a lot more about the Bible than most of us. But uh, you know, wh how has that formed your, your your spiritual life? I know you know like. I guess the Catholic Church, right? We have the Eucharist and and the Holy Spirit and and Mary and and the saints and and our Pope. Uh, but you know, uh, I think you you form your foundation on the Word, like in John one, right? It's uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, so the Word 
is important. Um, what's your memories of, of learning the Bible through, through the Baptist Church? What, what, what do you take away? Well, during our time of doing Bible studies, we, we read a lot in the Old Testament and the New. And every Sunday when we went to, to Mass and went to church, we made sure that we always took away from both Old Testament and New Testament. There was never just like when we go to Catholic, we do a homily. Mm-hmm. Um, we really would do a lot of prayer through the Bible, a lot of scriptures in the Bible, and talk a lot about it. A deep it. dive. Yeah. A deep dive into it. So Dawn is a very emotional person, and that's what I love about her. And um, when we met, um, you you were you were quite emotional at the at the mass we went to in Napa. But um, you know, and I guess it's pretty funny to have two two Lafayette, Louisiana residents in 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 mass in Napa Valley, California, a place you don't even think that they go to mass maybe. But that was a beautiful church, and a beautiful priest, and and I remember it being a beautiful mass. But tell us just where you were at that point in your life a little bit. Well, when we went to Napa, the month that we went was the anniversary of my first marriage. And I've always gone to church on that day to pray. Um, I did marry at an early age of 18 to my first husband, Jason. And unfortunately, he passed away to a drug overdose mm. that led me to being a widow with two kids at a very young age. And that day I was trying to find a church and we didn't have any transportation. I was just walking down the street and I couldn't find a church and I just kept praying out loud to God and I seen um, a stranger on the side of the road. So I just walked up to him and I said, sir, I hope you don't hurt me, but I'm trying to find a Catholic church and I'm lost. I'm not from here. I'm from Louisiana told him the name of the hotel we were at and he said ma'am you've walked way out your way (laughs) but if you go back to the hotel there's a catholic church right behind the hotel wow Mm. yeah that's awesome and we we talked a little in moths before what we share a lot is that god is speaking to to dawn often and and myself but you've got quite a story to tell and i'm so proud of you that uh, you you reached out to me and you want to let your story be heard but let's go ahead and Talk a little bit about the relationship you have with your mom, and, and then we'll get right into it. Well, my mom, um, we share the same birthday. My mama had me on her 26th birthday, and uh, this month, September 21st, my mom turned 76, and I turned 50. And unfortunately, it wasn't where I wanted to spend the birthday. Um, my mama was, was in hospice care. We was at the Carpenter House, and St. Joseph Hospice was taking care of her so this is the first time we celebrated a birthday in a hospice care unit and um, with my faith I I believe in all my heart that it's not her time I believe that God has been speaking to me throughout this time telling me to just stay by my mom's side and make those memories and keep telling her about our Lord Jesus Christ and everything that he has to offer and just to keep her in a positive atmosphere and and let her know that we're here we're praying for her and mama just keep the fight because we're gonna get stronger one day and you'll be able to get out of there and that's what i told her on our birthday and had she been sick prior to um my mama's a surviving 
cancer patient. She's had her kidney removed. She has kidney cancer, and then she recently was diagnosed with a rare blood disorder cancer. Mm-hmm. She got off a of chemo in June, and now on September 10th is what led her back to the hospital. She was diagnosed with COVID pneumonia. Mm, wow. And, you know, I guess for some of us, I heard the other day that the president said that the the pandemic was over, but maybe not not so much, not not quite yet. COVID has been has been with us, and I'm sure it's going to be with us for a while. But that so so when you heard the news that she had COVID, how, how did that how did that strike you? Well, I was very emotional um, arriving at the ER. They did the test and she tested positive for COVID on September 1st, but they didn't keep her the first time at Lourdes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she lives with my sister and her husband for the past eight years. So she went home in quarantine and then it, it just developed worse on her breathing and took a toll on her heart. And that's when she was brought back by Acadian Ambulance on September 10th. Mm-hmm. And then they said it was COVID pneumonia now. Mm. So, um, yeah, just just keep keep on. I'm going to let you tell. She's got a great story about uh, how this all went down, and she's documented it very well. So I'll just let you tell the story. Again, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Dawn Prejean, and she's sharing this beautiful miracle uh, that, that happened with her and her mother. On September 15th of this year at 1058, I received a call from Our Lady of Lourdes nursing staff that my mother was being moved to progressive care unit, room 343, due to congestive heart failure. The progressive care floor has trained nurses and staff that would constantly monitor her for the cardiac care she needed. I called my sister and my brother to tell them the news, and I was going to the hospital. I also called my husband, Phils, my four children, Josh, Katie, Ashley, and Johnny, so they can all meet me at the hospital. My daughter, Katie, arrived, We both entered the room together to see my mom. My mom's color was not good. She was on the highest level of oxygen with a face mask. We held each hand saying, we love you. I prayed the rosary, the divine mercy chaplet. As I was holding my mother's hand, God softly spoke to me saying, do not leave her. Don't leave her side. She needs you more than she's ever needed you in your life. I stepped out the room briefly to place a call to my boss, explained all the situation, what was going on with my mother. Please put me out of the system. I would not be at work tomorrow. I needed to stay here. I needed to listen to what God told me to do, stay and sleep overnight. So I did that. And on the Friday morning, September 16th, my mom was not doing that well throughout the day. Her breathing was slow. She was coughing. The oxygen was still on the highest level with the mass. Throughout the day, she would drink sips of glycerna shakes, very little. I stayed again the Friday night. On Saturday morning, September 17th, I told the nurses I was going to go home, take a shower, grab clothes, come back, stay a night. I gave my cell phone number to the nursing staff. I left the hospital around eight o'clock in the morning and by 8 45 i had got a call saying the doctor needed to see me and have a meeting with me and my siblings at 11 a.m could i make it back to the hospital for that time 
I said, sure, I'll be there. I'll assure you that my sister and my brother, they will be there as well. And we all arrived together in the parking lot. We talked a few minutes together and shared some of our thoughts and feelings. And then we entered the hospital together and we talked to Dr. Sai, that was her, my mom's doctor. And he explained to us that I can't do anything more here. It's time to put your mom on hospice care. Unfortunately, my emotions immediately started. I was crying uncontrollably. My sister and my brother was trying to console me. And I just said, you know, I'm not ready to accept it, but I will go pray in the chapel. So I went pray a little while in the chapel at Lourdes. I came back up and I talked to Dr. Sai again. And I said, God spoke to me while I was in the chapel. And he said, my mom needs to be moved to the carpenter house where St. Joseph Hospice will take good care of her. My siblings agreed. They said, we agree with what she's saying. The doctor said, as soon as my mom would be stabilized, that they could move her by ambulance. It may be today. It may not be till tomorrow. But it's as soon as that she can be stable. So we slept there that night. And on Sunday morning, September 18th, my mom woke up. I said some prayers with her. And around 12.30 p.m., the ambulance got there to transport. I told them I need to get on the ambulance. I have to hold my mother's hand. We had signed a, re-nons- uh, yeah, a resuscitation. Resuscit- yeah. And I told, told her, I was like, Mom, I'm going to ride with you. And we're going to pray while we ride. Throughout the ambulance ride, I, I would look out the window and tell her the sky's a beautiful blue. There's birds. There's butterflies. They flying all around her. Several times I would tell her I love her. Everything's going to be all right. Mom, they're going to take really good care of you there. You know, it, we're almost there. We're very close to the facility. It's not that long of a ride. When we arrived, they told me, hey, Miss Dawn, you need to go to the front lobby. We need to settle her in, and then we'll come back and get you. So as we were in the lobby, my sister, my brother, myself, and my family, um, just praying, saying our rosary, and just, you know, talking together and sharing some of our emotions and concerns. My son Joshua arrived uh, with his wife and his child, and we all entered the room, got around the bed, and we said some prayers. We did the Holy Rosary. We did the Mercy Chaplet. My son, he blessed her with the holy water, and he blessed her with the salt, the blessed salt on her hands. My son and I each held one of her hands, and we said the miracle prayer and the prayer of the Holy Spirit. While we were in the room, Joshua and I noticed her fingers, her hands, her lips, were all swelling and turning blue. I immediately alerted the host, the hospice nurse. She came in the room. She touched her hands and fingers. She said, I'll call Dr. Sai. Well, he arrived around an hour later and let me know that your mom's organs are shutting down. This is, you know, going faster than I thought. He said, I will give her any kind of medication I can to keep her comfortable, but keep a close eye on her. It's just only a matter of time. 
and everyone started to, you know, leave and let my mama rest. What's your thoughts, Dawn, at this moment? Uh, are you thinking that, that, you know, this is the end for her? Or what was your thoughts? I, medically, I mean, I was thinking, okay, this doctor knows everything. You know, mm-hmm. like he's reading test reports and he's seeing things that I have no control of seeing. Mm-hmm. And I believed him. Okay, this is the end. Well, I said, well, I'm going to go back and pray in the chapel again because my emotions were everywhere. They were high. I was crying. I just couldn't couldn't settle my heart down. And while I was in the chapel, God just spoke to me again. And he was trying to tell me, go back to the room. Go check on her. And when I went back in, you know, I could see her breathing was slow. I could see the color of her forehead and her face was starting to turn a yellow. Her hands, her arms were cold. Mm. I just wasn't okay with what I was seeing. So I stepped out to the hall and I asked the hospice nurse, do you have a priest on site? Mm -hmm. And that's when she said, I can get Father Francis here. Well, when Father Francis came in, I introduced herself. My mama opened her eyes. I, I let her know that this was Father Francis. He spoke to her briefly. And I said, Father, I would really like to request a few items if you could go and find them. I, I'm not comfortable leaving the building, but I would like a brown scapular. I would like a rosary, and I would like a prayer cloth. He said, Ms. Dawn, I can do that. I can leave. I can go. i find these items, and I'll be back shortly. So while he was gone, I just watched my mom and prayed in silence. Tell me specifically why those things, where did that come from? That a God thing or that's something that, where'd you, why those things? Because <clears throat> I, I wear a scaplet. Okay. I don't have the brown scaplet that I wear. I don't wear that one. I bought me one that's metal and on a chain mm-hmm. and I wear it. I just needed the rosary so my mama can hold it and understand why I was always in the room out loud saying the Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Glory Be. I wanted her to know what I was doing as a Catholic because Mm -hmm. my mom's Baptist. And the prayer cloth, I put it at her feet because I wanted her to have the mercy and the healing from God with this fabric. And uh, my mom, you know, she, of course, let me do my shrine in the room because that's what everybody called it they were like it's a shrine I, you know i put prayer prayer cards on the side of the bed and you know there was a precise time i did the divine chaplet and there was a, a certain time i would do the rosary and just I, I had a lot of prayers and i had a bible and i would just read scriptures from the bible and so she was paying attention to all this. She was paying yeah. attention, even yeah. though her eyes were closed, yeah. her ears were hearing. So um, when Fran- Father Francis got back and I placed all these items and everything, um, you know, the Holy Spirit talked to me and just said, you know, do the best you can tonight. Try to keep her calm. Try to keep her positive. Let her rest as much. And I did that. I held her hand, you know. I've even at one point, and I don't have a great voice, I've even sang Amazing Grace to her. That's one of her favorite songs. Um, I tried the best I could. And I just, you know, told Mama, you know, the fight is there. You're, you're a strong woman. 
you just got to go to Jesus and you just got to fight and tell him what your wishes are. I anointed her several times with holy water and blessed her. That was just like throughout the day, I would keep doing it. There was not one day I didn't do it. Now, a silly question. Can, can, can a non-Catholic receive anointing of the sick? Did he give her anointing of the sick? How does that work? Well, he didn't actually call it the anointing of the right. sick. He did more did prayers, but yeah. he was fully investment. Yes. He had all his garments on. Um, the first person that came and did that was Father Henry mm-hmm. from Rain at St. Joseph. He was the first priest that came, and um, that was after my son Joshua had went to Mass that night on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. My son came back um, after talking to Father Henry and said, my grandmother's not doing well. They'd said all her organs are shutting down, and he offered to come pray, and my son explained she's Baptist, but my mother's Catholic. I would rather you call my mother and find out what my mother's wishes would be mm-hmm. and what she would be willing for someone to do. So Father Henry called me, and he came. And the next day was a Monday morning. And on that 19th, when he got there, he came and he prayed. And uh, it was around 1030 in the morning. And so there was no anointing of the sick, but there was just prayers. Mm-hmm. He held my mom's hand. And I held her other hand, and we just said some prayers together. She didn't talk very much. Uh, She was struggling with talking and just doing things. Um, She would wake up a few times throughout the day. But uh, I explained to Father that on Sunday night when Joshua came back with his wife and Joseph Abraham, his son, Joseph let out a little soft cry in the room, and my mom opened her eyes. Mm. So I placed Joseph on her chest, and I told Mama, hey, Mama, this is Joseph, your great-grandson. And she only seen him once since he's born, and he was born in July. And she opened her eyes. She touched his toes and his feet, and she said, I love you so much, Joseph Abraham. And she just closed her eyes back. And I just thought that was amazing because she wasn't very alert. She was just very restless, tired. Um, like I said, her coloring wasn't that great. And, you know, the next day on after Father had come, we moved on to trying to slowly, like, give her soft foods. Um, on the 20th, she woke up. It was extremely early in the morning, like 3 a.m. in the morning. And she's like, I think I'm hungry. And I said, oh, I'm going to get you something mm-hmm. to eat. So we, we went out, and I asked the hospice nurse what could she have because my mama had never had anything to eat. She had only had the glycerna vanilla shakes at Lourdes, but not food. Mm-hmm. She wasn't eating. So the lady said, let's try some jello. Then we'll try some pudding. My mom ate about half of each. She said, take it slow. We don't want her to aspirate and choke with you in the room. So I was like, later that day, I had a friend of mine go to Popeye's, get some mashed potatoes and gravy. I fed my mom a little of that. That evening on the 20th, um, one of my sister's friends went to Long Star Star Steakhouse and got potato soup. I mashed it up real good, fed her a little bit of that. So my mama tolerated a little bit, but as I said, she wasn't very alert. 
throughout the day she would go back to sleep she'd wake up but on the 20th she just so happened kept asking me what's today's date what's the time so I was like mom it's September 20th and I would tell her what the hour was but she wouldn't tell me why she kept asking so my sister I told her I said something's not right I need you to stay tonight I want a boat of us to stay in the room. So my sister left. She went get an air mattress from Walmart, came back, blew it up. She understood me. She said, I'm going to stay. And I said, something in my gut's telling me something's going to happen tonight. I don't know if it's positive or negative, but I need you here. I'm full of emotions. I don't want to step out the room unless I'm going to the chapel in the building. So my sister and I, we, we watched my mom sleep. We talked a few times and shared a few of our emotions and feelings and all of a sudden my mom woke up on September 21st at 12.01 and said what time is it and I said mom you made it it's our birthday today Mm. my mom with a very soft whisper started singing me happy birthday Wow! I had the, the biggest tears rolling down my face it was the greatest gift that my mama could give me to sing to us on our birthday. My sister and I, as we were crying, we were singing back to my mom. So grateful that we shared another birthday together. You know, it's not where I thought we would be, not in hospice care, but just sharing the birthday was everything to me. I've never missed a birthday with my mom. We've always either had a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner. We had something. So my sister was... So, Dawn, we have just we've blown it through, through a, just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I'm so enjoying your story, and uh, uh, give us the wrap up. How's your mother doing, and 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 how do you explain all this? Well, you know, on September 21st, we celebrated that birthday with about 35 people at the hospice care, and the next morning on the 22nd, the doctor came and he says, "I this is beyond medicine. I can't explain it." But I have the most greatest news to give you. All your mom's tests are incredible. And I think she's stable enough to move to a rehabilitation center. Hmm. Where would you want her to go? And I picked Sage Rehab Hospital. And my mom got transported that night at 8 o'clock at night. And my mom's still currently there. She's slowly improving every day. No, my mom's not walking yet. She's still bedridden. She's still on oxygen. She's breathing and she's alive. And we're hoping that the discharge date there will be October 10th. That's what we discussed yesterday with the Sage Hospital team. And uh, if she does move from there, we're hoping to get her in a skill rehabilitation center. Unbelievable. And I, I really feel that all this is God's performed all these miracles and spoke to me throughout this journey so I wouldn't leave my mom. So we would pray, so I'd bring my Catholic prayer faith to her. And I'm grateful to God. I, I thank God every day, more than I ever thought I would thank Him in my life, that my mom's still alive. And I'm blessed with whatever moments I still have, memories I can still build. And if my mom does pass away, you know, I feel in my heart God has given us this sweet, precious time together. It's awesome, Don. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's just so inspiring and beautiful, and I love you for that. Uh, you know, uh, just a, a beautiful give us all hope. 
I've gone through the same thing with my mother. I've been right there with you, and uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And let's all keep your mother in our prayers. What's her name? Glenda Young. Glenda Young. Keep her in your prayers, please. And Dawn, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. Uh, it's, it's a Cajun Catholic miracle. Thank you. It was an honor to be here, and thank you for having me. All right. Again, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Dawn Prejean. And uh, again, uh, we challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.